On this episode of Whale Cave, Andy Kindler reminisces about his cover band, air guitar champion Dan Crane gets crazy in Slovenia, and host Matt Price brings back his popular segment, learning about pop music while driving his wife's car. Whale Cave starts now. Welcome to Whale Cave, where the jams never stop, until right about now, because we just stopped it. Okay, my name is Matt Price, host of Whale Cave. Thank you for listening. That little nugget of a gem of a song is called We Don't Gotta Work It Out by Fitz and the Tantrums. It's off there, picking up the pieces CD, not picking up the pieces. If you're on iTunes, you gotta be specific, picking it up. So download that. It's a great song. I'm going to play a little bit of Fits in the Tantrums throughout the show today. Speaking of the show today, we have a great one. One of my favorite comedians, Andy Kindler, is here. One of my favorite air guitar champions, Dan Crane, is here. Both with excellent music-related stories, because that's what we do here on Whale Cave. We talk about music and stories and things like that. So before I talk to the guys, I wanted to revisit an idea that I brought up on Whale Cave a few months ago. I feel like... Even though I'm a pretty big-time podcast host, and by big-time, I mean that my Whale Cave Twitter account, at Whale Cave, has 48 followers. It's pretty new. Okay, it's pretty new. Anyway, uh, even though I am a, a host of a music podcast, a few months ago, I was saying that I feel like I don't know enough about pop music. Like, I feel like I need to reconnect sometimes with pop music. And my wife loves pop music, and she's always listening to it in her car. So this weekend... When I had to take her car to the gym because she and my daughter were taking a nap in my car, we have a house and a bed and stuff, but they, we, they, she, they just felt, on the way home, they just felt, anyway, it's, it's not important. The point is, I took her car to the gym, and I thought, this is a great time to learn about what's happening in pop music. I've done this before when I returned some spoiled meat in my wife's car. I listened to pop music. I learned about it. I talked about that in a prior episode. But today, or last weekend on the way to the gym... Borrowed the car, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I learned in a little segment I like to call Learning About Pop Music While Driving My Wife's Car. Learning about pop music while driving my wife's car. Learning about pop music while driving my wife's car. <laughs> Nailed it! How about that song? That was a Whale Cave original. First Whale Cave original ever. Okay, uh, alright, so... The gym is, by the way, Matt Belknap, the, Matt Belknap's mic is on because I know he likes to talk about pop music. Oh, yeah. So, so he's going to interject when I talk about some of the songs I heard on the way to and from the gym, which is about 10 minutes away from my house. So I had three songs if there were no commercials. Um, and there weren't. There was one contest giveaway. But, but otherwise, <laughs> uh, okay, th- okay, so the first song right off the bat, someone I've talked about before, someone I know you like, Kesha. Yeah. Okay. The song is Come On. Yeah. Um, I talked last time about TikTok, how I loved it. Mm-hmm. I know you love it. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited to see how Kesha evolved in the right. last six months <laughs> since I heard her last. And basically, it's kind of the same thing. That, yeah, that song follows a very similar formula to TikTok, which I think, you know, if it ain't broke. It ain't broke. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's a great... I mean, listen, she wants to hook up. She wants to drink wine coolers. Mm-hmm. She's That's your yeah. thing. How do you, how can you argue with uh, feeling like a saber tooth tiger sipping on a warm Budweiser? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't fight that. Yeah, it's you can't good. fight it. It's too good, and it was great. I was into it. 
I'm in. All right. You know, I didn't like it as much as TikTok, but I don't love every Kurt Vonnegut novel. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an apt comparison. Yeah. And I feel like they're compared a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Already one for one on the way. The weird thing about that album, which I'm way too familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, because like as it. I told you before we started, there's seriously like eight in- amazing pop songs. Wow. On it. But there's also, there's 16 songs total. So, you know. Oh, there are 16? <laughs> yeah. Something like, on, if you get the bonus tracks, there's something like 16. Prolific. So, near the end, it's all of the whole album, the whole, as, you, as you listen through it, the whole thing is about just live for today. Don't worry about anything else. Hook up with whoever you want. It's all, you know, it's all good. And then you get towards the end and like it starts veering into true love it's the opposite message all of a sudden like, she totally <laughs> yeah. switches i'm like what what happened to the fun and the you know that's right. kind of like i think for for uh you know middle-aged dads like us like mm-hmm. we want this we want the fantasy we don't want the don't right don't don't aim for the that's more teeny bopper like you oh, know love really does exist like i don't think that's what we're listening for no we want to hook up now <laughs> that's yeah. what we want we be. want the wine coolers yeah yeah let's let, yeah. let us imagine that that's still a possibility yeah because it's not happening. Give me a Seagram's. <laughs> I want to hook up. Okay, the next song is uh, a different tone. I mean, same tempo, but uh, Payphone by Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. Slightly older song by uh, 104.3 standards. <laughs> my FM here in LA. Oh, that's where you go? You well, that's go where my Kiss? wife goes. That's where my wife goes. Oh, wow. Because there's also there's Kiss and then there's also... Well, there's the Star 98. 98.7. Yeah. Right. That's probably more. But I like I, you know, I, I stay true to the segment. Okay, sure. Learning about pop music <laughs> while driving my wife's car. This is what she had on in okay. her car. Yeah. And it, but, but next time, maybe I'll just ask her to change it. You know, like an Orthodox Jew who turns on the light on the Sabbath <laughs> before he goes out. I'll ask her to change it before I get in the car. Just to stay true to it. Yeah. Okay. But this song... Uh, Came out, I don't know, last year maybe. Yeah, like I feel like it was a summer jam last year maybe. Right, because uh, I I have actually heard this one, uh, but and you know what, this song is super catchy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, like I, I was singing it the rest of the day, like it's it gets in your head, like like my theme song. Yeah, learn about pop music, it gets in your head. The only beef I have with this song is Adam Levine's voice is clearly auto tuned. Like a lot, and he's a judge on the voice. <laughs> like his whole thing is like your voice is really good and pure, but it, his voice is. He knows that because his isn't. He's like, ah, that's what I wish I sounded like when he's judging other people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I dislike him so passionately, and that band by extension. But it is that song has an undeniable hook. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's like I do switch it when I hear it on the radio because I don't want to get sucked into it. Mm-hmm. But then I do end up humming it. I just like the idea, too. He's looking for a payphone to call his lady. It's a, like, it's a kind of a throwback. Which is hard to do. Yeah, it's a nice concept. It's like, I, I'm, it's a, it was a bold move for a pop group to, to reference a t- piece of technology that most teenagers have never used. Yeah. And that's, I give him some credit for that. They have a B-side about a rotary dial phone. <laughs> princess which, phone? Yeah, he's trying to call her back. <laughs> I'm at a princess trainer, girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not as popular that song. <laughs> no, that didn't catch on. Um, okay, so that was that song, and then the last song, <clears throat> which was on one hundred four point three, and, and I'm, I'm very close to the gym at this point, mm-hmm. so I'm glad I'm squeezing this song in. Uh, was Taylor Swift's "I Knew You Were Trouble," mm-hmm. and it's just you know to me this sounded very Taylor Swifty, you know, like a lot of her songs, mm-hmm. like you know. Um, you know, just kind of not. I mean, I feel like there used to be a little more of a country flair, but it's like you know, yeah, pop, poppy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually think it's a pretty 
uh, like when I first heard that song, I didn't know who it was. I thought it was like, you know, generic R&B singer X, you know, like just because there's always some like song. Luther Vandross. <laughs> no, he's not alive. Anymore. Oh, okay. No, I mean, like, you know, I'm trying to think of like, um, like, uh, Carrie Hilson is that a person? Someone like that? You, oh, sure, I, I, somewhere it's person. <laughs> somewhere someone's named that. There's like there's always someone out there who's like they have one song and mm-hmm. then you never hear from them again. I remember back in the day, Maya. Yeah, sure. She had a couple. Mm-hmm. There's like people like that. I thought it was someone like that because that doesn't sound that to me. That just sounds like anybody making a dance track. And then, but it does like her voice is kind of present in it. But it, it anybody could have done that song. Sure. Um, and it's. I don't know her catalog enough to know. <laughs> I just knew. Like, I heard it, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's a it's a woman, young woman complaining yeah. about a guy. And I'm like, oh, it's Taylor Swift. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It just feels more dance. Like, it's more dance It's more upbeat, than sad like, song. Yeah, than, like, there's always a little more. Is there even a good, uh, there might not even be a guitar in that song. Uh, there weren't many instruments in any of these songs. <laughs> Payphone, not a lot. Tick, or, uh, come on, Nothing. There's a song yeah. coming up by Rihanna that I heard, Zero. I mean, I, right. there was one instrument in all six of these songs. That's yeah. at the very end. But my question about Taylor Swift is, I, you know, she has all these songs that are obviously complaining about the last guy she dated. Like, who, my question, who will want to date a young, hot, rich singer after all that? <laughs> and my answer is everyone. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter what she says. What if that's her thing, actually? Her secret is that she just wants... She doesn't want to be in a relationship at all. So she's mm. like, I'm just going to keep recording these songs until guys leave me alone. Maybe. Like, well, I'll just keep up coming crazier and crazy. I'll come off. I don't think it's going to work. No, it's not. I think everyone's going to always want to date her. Yeah. Although she is for, for like, she's crazy, crazy tall, which is, is odd because yeah. she seems very, it's she's seven odd. foot eight. It's always odd on a young, someone who yeah. I, I sort of sort of see as like a teenager basically i don't know if she is a teenager but she's in her early 20s i believe but just just like you shouldn't it was like when katie holmes sprouted up i was like no no you're like you've got that baby voice you're supposed to be five three or something right it's off-putting it's very disturbing you equate age with height (laughs) i do yeah that's that's what who doesn't that seems to be how it works you get taller as you get older that's usually the case well with some people okay so i that uh, anyway i lost reception halfway through because i'm i'm in the parking lot of the gym okay the draw the garage of the gym so I'm at the gym working the glutes and the abs. <laughs> I do the pre-core. It doesn't matter. I need to keep up the podcast body mm-hmm. or the pod bod, <laughs> as, as most people say when they see me. Um, is that going to be the new thing, by the way? Like you have a face for radio, like you have a body for podcasting? You have a bod for pod. You have a bod for pod. You just coined it. That's you have a bod for pod. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I'm done working out. I've, I've, already, I've broken a very light sweat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get back in. It this it's uh it's mid Riri mid Rihanna. Mm-hmm. We found love's a song again. I think this is a couple years old. This is clearly just a club hit. There's there are no instruments here. Right. I feel like very little melody, very little anything. Very little melody. I can't listen to Rihanna without thinking of Chris Brown, which kind of just dampens the mood. Like no matter mm-hmm. how upbeat this club song is, <laughs> and it is super upbeat. It's called We Found Love. You know, it's 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 good. Yeah. I, but I just keep thinking of Chris Brown. Like it just. I know. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's a it's a sorry state of affairs. I don't it's know. It's a bad state of affairs. Yeah, and and like Rihanna, she's undeniable because she's had a zillion hits by now. But at the same time, half of them 
seemingly almost they're they're on the verge of not even existing that's that's how thin they are as right. songs yeah. like that that's one of them it just it's just two notes that's that and then a beat and then her singing one line over and over and over and over again and then there's a little there maybe like a one verse but well they also have that thing in there like i like when a club song hits like the <laughs> it says that oh, yeah, thing. It yeah. goes, it's like this is when you turn the smoke machine on yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's what the cue for the smoke machine yeah exactly i was gonna say get out all your cocaine but that's probably a more <laughs> wholesome way to do it yeah. um okay so that song again you're getting the theme here these pop songs like totally fine um okay this song features one of our favorites it's uh called good time by Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. Uh, both very sugary sweet pop acts. It's like putting like um, like a packet of sugar inside of like a fun dip candy. <laughs> it's just the sweetest thing possible. Yeah, yeah. And they made a very sweet, another like upbeat clubby song, uh, which is just the thesis if <laughs> Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen can have a thesis. <laughs> uh, it's, hey man, everything is always a good time. And if you're down for it, yeah. it's a good time. And the song, you know, I'm sure no one has ever said this about the song. It's a toe tapper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a catchy, catchy song. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like but, I can't, you know, it's like you come out of these, like this little pop, uh, little lesson I have. And like, I'm, I can't hate on this. You can't. But at the same time, coming off of the jam of the year, call me maybe. Well, it's let's like, not it, there's no way. Like, it was no. just. Every, anything was going to be a letdown, you know, yeah. just in that one, having that guy's voice come in on it. And that almost like isn't it's not really a duet as much as it's it's an Owl City song. And then Carly Rae Jepsen kind of just pops in for a cameo. That's what I feel. But it's more than like, is that right? Or am I totally off base? on that? It's a little more than a cameo. Okay. It's not just like Wiz Khalifa coming in. <laughs> OK, because I'm not like, a, I've, I've heard it a couple of times. I don't I'm not super familiar with it, but it just seemed like. This song was going to exist with or without her, and she just like was like, "Hey, on the, you know," and then like <laughs> she's just walking by. It happened, yeah, yeah, like, uh, because she was suddenly huge. Right, that's totally possible. That's how you know, say, say, say happened. <laughs> that was a that, that was Paul McCartney's song. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, who's this Michael Jackson character?" Yeah, yeah, that was was that well, what album was that on? Because that's weird. They did they do it on each other? I think it was on because he was on that. He was on the girls. Wasn't mind. that on Thriller? No, no, the girl's mind is on Thriller. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Say, say, say. I don't know what it was on. Was it just a single? I don't, I don't know anything about that. I, I I, I it might have been on a Paul McCartney solo album. I'm not sure. That'll have been another segment. Yeah, that's never in my wife's car. <laughs> that was in my wife's car a long time ago. Anyway, so that I thought that was you know it was a good time for me that song. Sure. At that point. Sure. And then the last song, and I'm I'm rounding the corner. I'm almost at my house mm-hmm. now. I'm gonna, I'm about to towel off. <laughs> As they say. You, t- you towel off after you drive home? I and drive home very sweaty in my wife's car. I get out and I towel off on the street. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just how I do it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their routine. So then your wife has a segment on her podcast called What I Smelled in My Car <laughs> After My Husband Drove in It. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then the song comes on. It's Bruno Mars. I hear this very melancholy piano. And it's Bruno Mars singing When I Was a Man. Apparently that's a song about he broke up with a lady and now she's dating another dude. But I thought this was funny because it comes – it immediately destroyed the flimsy theory by Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen <laughs> that everything's a good time. Yeah. Bruno is bummed out. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's I not know a good this. time. I, maybe I've heard this one. I'm not sure if I know it. I'm not like I. I thought Bruno, when I first heard Bruno Mars, I was like, "This guy is a genius." Like we're mm. witnessing the emergence of a new right. superpower. And then I heard a, a second song of his, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's a, a one note." Like this guy doesn't know how to do anything except this one thing. Great voice. Yeah. Great name. Sure. Bruno Mars. Then, but now and then he did that song that just sounds like a, a police song and it's or a, maybe it's just a sting song. I don't know which which. But it, what's the with the big the first hit off that album? See, I don't know. This is the first time uh, I really listen to a Bruno I'll ask Mars your wife song. to maybe your wife can put a CD in. Drive around with my wife for a while. Yeah. Um, you really haven't even heard that song. That song's mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, uh, I wish I could pull it. Um, anyway. Can't. No, you can't find it. Well, did you watch the Grammys? Because he played. That was the that was the mind blower. He did it at the Grammys, and then Sting came out and and did mm. it with him. And I was like, so Sting endorses this thievery? Wow. What's happening? That's like when Sting came out, Biggie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We bring up, by the way, you bring up Sting in every whale cave. So this is <laughs> yeah. this is great to close on that. But um, but no, I never heard that. And uh, all right, well, next time we'll talk about that. And then I went in to towel off. Nice. With that sad song in my head, which actually then got me back in the mood for my normal indie rock, you know, the sadness yeah. of that. So sure. Well, thanks for. I know you love the pop, so thanks. Well, for, thank you for including me. This segment has been is three times longer than it should have been. No, let's let's make it longer. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's so that's what I learned in pop music. Learning about pop music while All right. Learning about pop music while driving my wife's car. Hey, you know what? Here's a little business. If you like that segment, why don't you email me at matt at whalecave.com or, uh, or write a positive iTunes review. Say, say, hey, I like that bit. That was funny. You know, five stars. I'm ty- You can't see me. I'm typing right now with both my hands at the same time. Or you can follow me at whalecave. That's the Twitter account, at whalecave. All right. Enough about that. First guest um, appears on Letterman quite often. Super, I said earlier, one of my, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, he's the voice of Mort on Bob's Burgers. And he'll be appearing April 24th through 27th at the Moon Tower Festival yeah. in Austin. Am I on now? Uh, you're not on. Oh, right, so introduce me. You're not on yet. No, you're on. Oh. Andy you, Kindler. I'm obsessive compulsive. I have a compulsive compulsive disorder, so I, I don't know if I need a coaster for this. So this is the first sound that anybody heard from me. <laughs> Come on. People he's love also, that. He's also a Foley artist. I am Foley, yeah. a Dave Foley artist. <laughs> we had a we had a roast for Dave Foley's fiftieth birthday, and the joke that I was most proud of because mm-hmm. I'm older than Dave Foley mm-hmm. uh, and older than everybody in this room by <laughs> twenty thousand years. So I said to him, uh, "Dave, you're fifty. I said to him, "I've got socks older than fifty because things have not gone well for me." <laughs> <laughs> so I love that setting up an old hacky joke, and then ba boom. Anyway, but that's not why we're here. <laughs> I just hope I never see you make that gesture that you did. Like, I don't know if you thought you were Casey Kasem, but you were like, uh, you were like, boom, stop it and lock it. You mean when the drum, when the drum hit at the end of the, the yeah. uh, theme song for the pop music bit? Yeah, you were like, it was like you were conducting, like, you were Le- like Leonard Bernstein Price. I was, I was doing a little Peter and the Wolf, little Leonard Bernstein. You're not a Jew though, right? Me? Yeah. You're Jewish. Will that help me if I am? I would love you either way. I am Jewish. I know, but Price? What was it? What was it? Used to be it Waterhouse? Heisenberg, Steve. Used to be Waterhouse, Matt? <laughs> what, what was it? What was it? Waterhouse? <laughs> See, I can make him laugh without any humor, and that's my new thing. I'm the guy who doesn't need the humor. <laughs> uh, it was, it was uh, yeah. 
Why do I? It was why Price, is this catty corner to me? Is, is it, it okay? It sounds okay. All right. Sure. You want me to pull it in? Well, I feel like it should be more. I mean, obsessive compulsively, I should take a, a ruler, a protractor, <laughs> make sure we're leveled off. Be equidistant. Hey, I just took a. I've got a level to my for my career. <laughs> my career is completely leveled off. You're a surveyor, a comedy surveyor. That's me. Hey, um, so. First of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And we, it was, it was, you know, your people called my people. In other words, we emailed each other. We emailed each other. <laughs> I and I, uh, but I, Matt Bellamy actually told me a couple of weeks ago that you were like in bands and stuff. I just had no idea that you had this music. This well, music the, the, background. Well, the reason why you don't know about it, I mean, it's surprising because I was so successful in the 80s. <laughs> right. When I was, uh, I wrote most of the songs for Bananarama. <laughs> oh. Uh, I wrote cool. Fun Boy 4 before they dropped me. Yeah. Did pretty well at Fun Boy 3. That's right. Yeah. And then it was Tears for Fears and the other guy, and that didn't work <laughs> out for me. No. And no, why would I say no as a sentence? As a start of a sentence. Yes, I'm a musician. I've been playing my whole life pretty much, and I thought that's what I was going to do for a living. And when I first used to go on the road as a comedian in 1987, when you were sitting around in diapers looking at the thing and up at the other <laughs> situation, I would bring my guitar on the road, and this was the time period. I had to say, as soon as I went to the condo, don't worry. Don't worry. It's not in the act. Don't worry. It's for off stage. Because in that time period, everybody was doing the, uh, the horrible song parodies uh, with the terrible lyrics. Uh, one of the ones that – these are not mine, but these, these were uh, – sitting on a, a cock because I'm gay was sure, one. Sure, um, my uh, Fred Wolf told me this one that he heard. We built this titty. We built this titty on silicone. Ooh. Now, I, the fact that I'm not singing this is cool, right? Because you don't have to get clearance. But if for you it. want to sing, you can. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've always been playing guitar, but I was afraid to, to use it uh, to, to be around people when I uh, comedians, so they wouldn't think I was a hack. But when you brought you just brought it to the gig, but you didn't bring it on stage with you. Well, not to the gig. I was stayed in the condo. I'm not, oh, one, of those, I'm not one of those guys okay. in the green room. So the Oakwoods or something. To the Oakwoods. Right. What is he? What, he's never been on the road? What does he think happens? <laughs> oh, those. No, we don't stay at Oakwoods. I thought when you moved to L.A. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I had a regular Which is apartment. where everyone stays. They stay at the Oakwoods. Yeah, stay, I actually lived in the Oakwoods. Well, of course you did. Apart, but I didn't know that that's what it was. Yeah. I thought this was like, hey, I own my, it's got a pool, and why not? Yeah. <laughs> you play guitar. I played guitar, and when I was a little kid, I played violin in fourth grade. Uh. My parents claimed that I said at one point, oh, the violin would be nice. I don't believe anything my parents said. So all of a sudden... Two weeks later, I'm taking violin lessons, and I really wanted to do it for about two weeks mm-hmm. to a month, month and a half, and I realized this is a tremendous amount of work. If, you're, uh, if your fingers are off at all, it sounds horrible. My father would walk up the stairs to my bedroom, and he'd go, who's killing a cat in there? That was one of his <laughs> – who's skinning a – who's killing a – Who's killing a dead cat, which I never Jeez. understood. What does that mean? The cat's dead. Why would it make a noise? Yeah, Sure. So beating a dead horse in a way. Beating a dead horse. So yeah. my violin teacher, who was a wonderful woman, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Goldenberg, whose son Billy Goldenberg wrote music for a lot of movies. That's interesting, Andy. Move it along. <laughs> so, uh, so she thought that I had a lot of ability, and I know that I have a lot of ability in many ways. <laughs> I could do anything. So. <laughs> For about three months, I, I loved it, and then I started to hate it, and I dreaded practicing. But because I transferred my relationship with my parents to her now, she was my mother image, mm-hmm. I had this horrible fear of disappointing people. And so it, uh, it took me 
till the second year of college to stop. Twelve years. Wow. That's a man. A man who will make fun of Louis C.K. now, but back then didn't like confrontation. It's the same now. If I don't want to see Louis C.K., I'm a, if I see Louis C.K., put a disguise on, <laughs> and I go up to him and go, "Did you hear what that asshole Kindler said in Montreal?" <laughs> Continue not to use him. <laughs> so uh, he, is, he, he will not be on the show. He will not be on the show. Never. Uh, so, oh, you have a thing with him? Louis and I? Yeah. Oh, man. Such He's such a, a warm guy. No, I don't. I have no, 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 no. I have no relationship at all, good or bad. He told me he's not a, a fan of you personally. Oh, what? Loves your act. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So then, <laughs> that's all I care about. That's all I care. About. Now, then, when I was in, uh, then I was in, uh, in, a, in a freshman, a sophomore in high school, and he said, ignoring the fact that he's on someone else's podcast, <laughs> I uh, broke my left arm, mm-hmm. and my broke my left arm was locked in position like this. You can't see on the radio, but it's like the, I had like five, a couple months where. I couldn't do anything. My sister played guitar. I always wanted to play guitar. So I just started playing guitar. And I just fell. I really did. Unlike the violin, I fell in love with it. So it was one of those things where I put like a year or two years into playing everything. You know, with, starting with my sister would show me stuff. And I went to those chord books where they had the pictures sure. of the chords. But I could also read music. So I, there was a little bit of an advantage. And uh, um, because later on, I did take some actual music theory on guitar because I really admire but Paul Simon or like Amy Mann or like the Beatles when they come up with these chord changes that are so incredible. So they do like a major third in a song when you're mm-hmm. not imagining it. So I hit like a dead end and had to like uh, try to figure out other ways to write songs. Well, you could hold the guitar with the broken arm? Yeah. Interesting. Because uh, – Your fingers were free. Yeah, my fingers were free. Oh. Uh, I was like a Jan- – it was like Janko Reinhardt if instead of having missing fingers, he had broken his arm for a brief period. Right. <laughs> and Which is the legend. Yeah. But I had a good – I have good le- – I mean I never liked I – never, I never did finger picking, but I, I'm a very – I feel that I'm a very – I th- I'm proud of the way I could play guitar, but you can I strum have, really well. Is I'm good, I think, but I have no confidence in it. I do mm. have confidence. It's the weirdest relationship. It's a, because everybody told me I couldn't sing, or they could, you know, they make fun of me. And yet, I, my hero was Bob Dylan. I love the way he sung. But so I, it's so weird that when stand up comedy, I feel like I can, I know how to tell jokes. I, I, I'm not going to guarantee that I'm going to get laughs or how I'm going to feel or if I'm going to blow it. But with with guitar, it was always this like. Love hate relationship. Even though I love, in a lot of ways, that's what I wanted to do. But were you doing comedy back then, or was you were just playing music? So, no. So I'm, in, in high school, I started to get into these things. Like when I was a kid, I did a lot of like acting in summer camp. I played like a Elwood P. Dowd and whatever play that was, Harvey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved. So I loved it, but I never thought about being an actor or anything because when I was a kid, in my age. Uh, you guys don't remember this, but we had to, and we had to walk twenty miles to get to, to a premise, and then thirty miles back to get a tag. No, you wouldn't have, unless you were an odd kid. You would not have wanted to be a stand-up comedian when in my generation. You wanted to be a rock and roll star. So, mm-hmm. f- uh, from the earliest I remember, I wanted to be like a. I was a sing. I started to write songs mm. when I was sixteen. And I wrote, I think maybe the worst song in the history of music. What was that? And here was the song. It was a woman in my neighborhood. Her name was Karen. She was an odd woman, and she had a crush on me. Nobody, and I did not have a crush on. This is not like it happened a lot. This is the only time it happened where, <laughs> where I didn't want to sleep with the person who wanted to sleep with me. Right? Otherwise, it's been like a, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the low dog, and she's the alpha thing. So she, I wrote this song for her. And here was the song, Karen. 
His name was Karen, right? <laughs> sure. C C and C. Karen, don't waste your time on me. I'm not kidding you now. <laughs> Karen, can't you see? You want someone who will help you be strong. You want someone who will help you be long. But Karen, that person isn't me. <laughs> it's a song where I'm telling her to go. Yeah. The, you, I'm, I'm done with you, Karen. Yeah, you're, you're you done. You need someone. It's not going to be me. Yeah, we haven't started, but you're done. Right. See, I thought you were going to go, Karen, stop caring about me. That's what I th- <laughs> No, no. no. You're, you're, <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to Yeah, go. if I was a clever 16-year-old. Uh. But you see, my sister has a beautiful voice. She's like an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. And she was an amazing, like when she was 16, she wrote these songs. Like she was like one of these people who were like a genius at that time period. She wrote these amazing songs. And I would, we would sing together. We even like went to Catch a Rising Star when it was more of a music place. But when I started writing songs... And also in college when I wrote poetry, I can't even believe this. I, I thought the poetry was like, I walk down to the road. <laughs> dark, 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 says the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Off the world spins. <laughs> Do I know how? Don't tell. No, this is better. Better. What I'm saying now is better than I wrote. So I wrote, and I wrote music kind of the same way, where mm-hmm. it was like, it wasn't a cliche like, but I, it, I, I wasn't writing in a voice, except a terrible voice. Um, <laughs> um, did you ever, so were you in bands that where you were performing this music to people, or did you, did your lack of confidence uh, forbid you from doing that? In high school, I, uh, I, I, it was not, was not in, in bands except that uh, in like in the we did a thing which people have never heard of outside of when I've said it's called sing anything oh, say sing just like an acapella type no, no each grade I don't know why they call it sing but like the junior class and the senior class would all put on a production and then they would compete and see who won so by hmm. uh, senior year of high school I was like writing songs and they, some of them weren't bad and I was doing stuff with productions. But then I didn't really get into bands till college, and I was in a band all through college. I was a it was a Grateful Dead uh, kind of band. I was really influenced by the Grateful Dead. Really, and uh, from Dylan to the Dead. From Dylan to the Dead. Okay, and I was in a band called. And, oh, every band I was in had terrible names. Uh-huh. The one in college was called Silver Dagger, <laughs> which is a line from a Joan Baez song or something. But it's like when we're in heavy metal. Why, why would the Silver Dagger? <laughs> so. Now, I'm going to tell you, though, a lot of my musical experiences that are somewhat humorous have to do with altered states. Okay. And I'm going to tell you this mm-hmm. for, for legal reasons. Mm-hmm. First of all, everything I'm talking about has not happened to me. It's the character Andy Kindler I play on stage. Totally. Okay? Yeah. In college, a lot of people, uh, it was the mid-70s, and a lot of these kids were like, I mean, I didn't, you know, they were bad news. They were taking acid and mm. mushrooms and uh, pot. It was bad news. Bad news. And I was like, guys. <laughs> but what I did, I got into the same altered states through breathing and meditation. Okay. And I somehow was able to get just as high as them. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Very interesting. So one year we had this thing called Carnival. And so I had done a lot of breathing exercises. What are the names like, You have Sing? You have Carnival? Where, yeah, where, where are you going to school? A, State University of New York at Binghamton. Uh, okay. I graduated, uh, with, uh, I don't want to brag, Mr. Paul Reiser went to the school. Oh. All right, now now come back at me with mm-hmm. one of your uh, not, uh, mean comments. Humble brag? Can I say that? What's that? Humble brag? Would that be a... I think it's just a sad statement. Okay, yeah. And Carol Leifer went there, but she graduated from Queens College. 
Who cares? <laughs> All right, so. Um, I have another podcast called uh, Alumni, Comedian Alumni. <laughs> So maybe, oh, I laughed for real, <laughs> and then I, I, I faked it up at the end there. It made myself sick. So, uh, so we had this thing called Carnival, and I had done a lot of breathing <laughs> exercises that day. So, I mean, I was very, very high from the breathing. Right. Very altered. And I had my own booth where I got to play guitar, but I didn't realize the state I would be in. So mm-hmm. I get up there on the, on the stage, and I say, uh, oh, oh, I see. I get it. Oh, I'm supposed to play for you now. <laughs> now that will somehow affect you in some way. Is this what the, this game's all about? So that was one of my uh, worst gigs in in, uh, in, in college. And at then, carnival, at, at carnival, at carnival, and then after college, not carnival, carnival, not at carnival. But after college, when I came out to L.A. Uh, uh, and I was in a band uh, in L.A. My, I, this was maybe the fa- my favorite experience with the breathing exercises. <laughs> we were in Silmar, which I don't know if you've been to Silmar, but it's a terrible area. <laughs> and we were in this band with my friend Brian, and my my friend, and we were all very very high from breathing, mm-hmm. and just like on the edge of being almost paranoid, but having a great time. My friend Brian started talking about how he has a tremendous fear of bees. <laughs> Bees, you know the. Sure, so, sure. so we're listening, and he's almost like crying from saying it. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm tu- tuning my guitar, right? And Brian happened to have perfect pitch, so he's telling the story. And he's almost crying, and I'm tuning my guitar, and I'm saying without having any idea what I'm saying, I'm asking him, "What's out there, Brian? The bee?" <laughs> Referring to the B string on the guitar. <laughs> What's out there, Brian? And I just kept singing. What's out there, Brian? The B? And my girlfriend at the time, they thought I was like the cruelest person in the world. You know he's scared of bees, and now you're telling them he's coming inside. And I've had many experiences with, uh, of like that, uh, musical experiences on those, uh, under those. Was guys. Brian okay? Uh, I was worried yeah, about him. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him in a long time. My other favorite thing that happened to me was my, my uh, girlfriend at the time, we were at Big Bear, uh, breathing like a crazy people. <laughs> and we thought, we said, is that, are we hearing Native American chants? We were like, oh my God, this is amazing. It gets closer. It's uh, taking care of business playing on a, car, a, truck, <laughs> a truck radio. So in, in, in college, it was actually exciting. I, college, I don't know, did you go to school? I did. Which I went school? to University of Michigan. Where'd you grow up? Chicago, right outside Chicago, in Evanston, Illinois. Oh, so you went to Ann Arbor then? I did. Uh, do you know the Sklar brothers? They're alumni. Yeah, you know, we actually had a rival. No, we weren't really right, but they were in the stand-up community, and I was in the improv community. So there was a very tense relationship. Were you guys of the same grade? or or They were a year younger. Yeah, so you we're did all not... in the same ballpark. Though we, were, we, we overlapped. You didn't come out to see me then when I played, when they booked me. No, I didn't. Right. No, I wouldn't have done that. I was only seeing improv troops with funny names. <laughs> no, wait, you probably were booked at Laugh Tracks. Uh, or, yeah, you're probably either at the Union or at the Hill Auditorium. There was an auditorium. It was Hill Auditorium. Which I am, is with the best rooms. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they did, you were there, and then probably the, they did the wall there. That's probably, every, year they, the every year they put, they, the students did a, they did the wall. That sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Worse than uh, than genocide. Now, uh, so, but you went to school, so I bet if you were, but you went after me. You were in the 80s or 90s? When I graduated school? in 93. Oh, that f- makes me angry. 
I was went to school during the drug time period, mm. so it was like a one magical wonderland. I was mm. in this band that was a popular band, and I and so and then you, I would uh, I auditioned. I wrote the music for this uh, Sam Shepard play called Mad Dog Blues, uh, and where he didn't he supplied the lyrics, but he didn't supply the music. And I wrote this music, which I'm still proud of to this day, and had all these great things. And then you know you know you go out for a part, and it would be on the bulletin board. Oh, I got the part, so. After college, I moved out to L.A., and then that's when every I thought it was going to be like college, and it was not. No, no, no uh, breathing exercises. No, well, well, that's that. That just I just stopped those. You stopped uh, the breathing uh, earlier today, right? Mm. Mm. Uh, but I came out to L.A. to be a singer, songwriter, guitarist. Oh, yeah, I never would have guessed that. Seriously? Yeah, never. I what just a- had no idea you had this this vast music background. Well, one of my first jokes in my stand-up set was based on the fact that I came out and it's so interesting. It's not interesting. Never preface anything with interesting or funny. But when I came out... <laughs> That's how I always introduce the podcast, by the way. And I always think I'm making a mistake every time. Wait, I'm so like, I got this, a really funny story? We got story? a great, hilarious <laughs> podcast coming. Uh, when I came out here, I had... When I was young, I was very frightened. And it wasn't like I didn't think I had ability to do things, but I just thought there's no way that you could... Be, I mean, I was just so scared. I wasn't going to, my dreams weren't going to come true. Mm-hmm. So I had no, and like there were the, all these music clubs like Madame Wang's and all this uh, other places that, like the Troubadour and all right. these other places. But I was scared to death. I, I could not summon up the courage to go go there. So I had this the idea that I would play in cover bands and I'd play, we'd play in cover bands at night and then we'd work on the originals during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of my first jokes was, uh, because I never went out to these to these showcase places, I said the only way, I was very disappointed that I wasn't discovered. The only way I could have been discovered was if an, like an A&R guy happened to be walking by my apartment. <laughs> like, wow, that's, I like the way he sounds. <laughs> I like what's coming out of that garage. Right, so I wasn't out there like, when you start stand-up, there's no cover stand-up. You go right into it. But for this, there was like, I thought this would be a related field in a way, mm-hmm. when it really isn't. The only thing was that uh, that time period happened to be a good time period for cover music because it was Talking Heads, it was the Police, it was the Go-Go's, the Blasters. There were these group, I actually liked playing that music, so it was good experience for me. Um, and also, I, I got to have more horrible band names. Well, so what were some of those? What were some of the cover bands you were in? Uh, or bands that Well, they're bands. No, don't right. say that. I'm sorry. No, I realized. We, we I saw the look the, on your face. As soon as I said that. We do the originals during a, the day. There's a look what of anger. There's a look of anger when I said that. Uh, well, <laughs> the first terrible name was Merging Traffic. <laughs> as if we did remember there was a group named Traffic. What right. are you saying with that? Oh. <laughs> on ramp. Runaway truck ramp. Tonight. Runaway truck ramp. Tonight. Rest area seven miles. Right. So, yield. Ladies and gentlemen. Yield. <laughs> No turn on, ladies and gentlemen, no turn on red. <laughs> so I was in Merging Traffic. Then I was in uh, a band called, this was the worst one ever, Transfusion. Okay? Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> two we, words, Transfusion, or just one? You are the actual word, Transfusion. No, it was two words. It was Got two it. Words. Okay, okay. We thought we were going beyond fusion music. <laughs> you see what I mean? Two problems. We couldn't play fusion music. <laughs> So we'd have to go beyond it and claim that we, oh, we're beyond that. Yeah, yeah, Music yeah. we can't play. And everyone thought we were a heavy metal band. 
So this was my classic experience of my life of knowing that in a way that I should go in a different direction. We played this bar where they wanted us to be a heavy metal band. They kept saying, turn it up, and they hated us. So between songs, I was like joking with the crowd, and the club owner passed up a note, and the note said, cut the chatter. (laughs) (laughs) Transfusion. Transfusion. So when, how did, how long did you, pursue uh, music in LA how long until you made the comedy move or was it more of just an organic well, was, I, mean, there, I mean there were so many things to, were you doing band was that did it come out of doing banter on stage like were you the front man of the, all these bands well <clears throat> no because you, even more depressing than, than what you're saying is uh, the, <laughs> how you're presenting it no no with the, my memory of it was that everybody wanted to have a four you had to have like if you would do a cover band you had to have a four plus one four, you know what a four plus one is I don't hot like a hot chick Singing uh, is everything. Every move, decision that we made. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you, she's the, the plus one in this scenario. Yeah, speak, but I, but no one liked my. See, I like my singing. But if I started to sing for you now, you. Uh, I like somebody, that Karen. I like that Karen song. Well, that's yeah. true. Well, the, <laughs> that's you beautiful. Have, you're a man with taste. Yes. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> yeah. No, but I love like I hate when people say, "Oh, I like Bob Dylan, but I don't like his voice." To mm. me, like Bob Dylan is like sings from his soul but he unlike me is plug i think mu- music writing music although now i feel like i can do it better than i was then because I, I i could say i could say to you i have 10 or 12 songs that i am really proud of written and they hold up over the years but it was like pulling teeth because it's not it's not like to me comedy luckily is like you don't i don't work at it i just discover it and write it down mm-hmm. but music was like like just really really hard so it was like a lot of years of just trying to write songs and then for a while and then what happened was i got really just i, I had to put it away you know i used to, i'm not going to do this for a little while and that was like about 84 be right before i got into okay. uh, uh, into stand-up wow uh oh we also had other horrible names we had the visitors was the name the visitors <laughs> see i kind of like that one i'm not the home team <laughs> I guess when you put it that way. The other thing was I had no idea of, even though I was influenced by Frank Zappa and as a little kid, Alan Sherman, because of how hacky song parodies were, I never would even have thought of putting any humor in the song. So I was, in fact, when I first wrote poetry, I, I'm not lying, I thought I would be Andrew Kindler as a poet. That's how really, really I, underst- I didn't understand what I was doing. Yeah, you could be an Andy Kindler poet. Sure. But Andrew Kindler, you take that more seriously, right? No. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so, you do. I would t- if you said Andrew Kindler, like mm-hmm. pronounce the you know almost the French pronunciation of Kindler. Yeah, then it would be. Then different. I really would have taken it seriously. Do you ever think about playing music? I mean, do you, do you play it just you know recreationally? I do play recreationally, and uh, my. Wife, who's a photographer mm-hmm. and uh, who's a, but a, like an actual photographer who uses who uses film, you know what I'm saying? Sure do. Doesn't just go, oh, look at me. Oh, I take fifty. Look, oh, I got something good here. <laughs> I've been sure. Oh, my fingers hurts from from not looking but just shooting in every. Oh, I'll get every area. Something <laughs> will happen. Uh, my wife used to shoot when she first started out. She used to shoot bands and stuff. So and then she met Jack Temption, who wrote uh, Already Gone, and he wrote Peaceful Easy Feeling. He's right for the Eagles. And he's a very funny guy. So I started in, a few years ago to to uh, play around with him, 
and mm-hmm. we jammed and, and we would jam. We would do some breathing exercises. No, no, no. Not the other kind of breathing exercises. The more mellow breathing sure, exercises. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Kind of like it gives you like similar to a marijuana buzz. Yeah, exactly. And we would go in the studio <laughs> and we would ha- play around and we wrote some songs that I thought were really Great, and uh, on the DVD, I Wish I Was Bitter, which is still available for some reason. <laughs> on Amazon? On my website. Oh, on your website, okay. Yeah, because, and, and I'm, I may make a CD, but haven't I said it all with the one DVD from <laughs> 2003? Why update it? He, my song, we wrote two songs, and, and the opening song as uh, the, uh, the thing starts is uh, my song, and the ending song is my song. Not Karen. These are new songs you wrote with Jack Tempchin. No, well, they're not better than Karen. No, I'd say they're just not that. No, way. no. So, so yeah. And then with him, we actually jammed. We actually jammed stuff in the studio and, and kind of funny stuff too. So, and I've been writing stuff like I wrote a song about the recycle. Uh, you wouldn't remember this, but there used to be a thing called the recycler. No, I remember the recycler. That so was, when I got here, I got here ninety nine, and the recycler was. I think being recycled, as they say, just getting. Yeah, because it just was starting a computerized yes. thing. But I wrote a song recently, a couple of years ago, based on the ads that were in the recycler. And this was an actual ad that I've converted into a song. I want to, looking for a hot, sensational, dynamic female vocalist with excellent range who can double on congas. <laughs> and then the thing I used to love on these ads was they always would go, no punks, no drunks. <laughs> No posers, please. <laughs> so I have that in the song. Would you ever – I saw Steve Martin play uh, banjo. Have you seen his banjo band? Yeah. yeah. It was a really funny show and he's an amazing ba- amazing banjo player. Would that be something that would ever appeal to you to do a, a, a tour with a band and then you do you know banter but also play? And, like, is that something? What does it pay? No. Uh, I, Tri- triple scale. I, I did it the night at Largo <laughs> a few years ago and it was so much fun. Because do you know that Karen Kilgariff is a brilliant songwriter? And I saw singer? her sing last night. I saw her at UCG. Did you have you had her on the show? Yes. Yeah, she was on the show. Why, why do I have this tone in my voice? Have you, I don't know. Have you booked her? I feel like you're going to hit me. Huh? Yeah. Well, I love Karen's songs. I love She's her. Great. She's Beautiful great. voice. Yeah. Beautiful voice. Hilarious. Uh, great. And we used to play. When I met Karen in Sacramento, uh, I was dating a woman who are dating a woman. I just wanted to prove that to you because you said I wouldn't be able to. No, you've reiterated. You, you've brought up many women Her name was last name was Beard. Uh, <laughs> and she was Lisa, uh, Lisa, and she had a beautiful voice, and we used to jam, and that's how I met Karen was through Lisa. And so early on, I would play with Karen, and then I did a night with like Blaine Kapatch did music, mm-hmm. and Karen, and it was at Largo, the old Largo. So, uh, and that was really, really fun. And, but the thing that I don't want to do, this is going to be weird to say because I love Steve Martin, but I'm not crazy about the, him or the band. The bluegrass thing? You don't love it? I like bluegrass kind of, but to yeah. me it's like it's – well, I, I think I'm wrong in this case because he actually is very accomplished at it. But I don't want <laughs> to be the Bacon Brothers. <laughs> right. They have a different vibe than the Bacon Brothers. It's a terrible thing in a way because I think you shouldn't have something held against – and this is weird because musicians want to be comedians and co- musicians are comedians. There's a rhythm thing to it. Mm-hmm. So we, we share a lot of stuff but then com- musicians – and then comedians want to be musicians and then – but there's a lot of like – I've noticed like some musicians – like my, my, my wife's friends with Rosie Flores is a brilliant musician. She loves to jam – she'll jam with me. But then other musicians who I would love – 
I wouldn't ask them because I know that I know they would. I'd be afraid that they would wouldn't want to because I'm not as good as them. Or you know, what I mean, so there's like yeah. there's a lot a lot of tension that way. I had a really good friend, uh, and I met people through um, music and like uh and it's like this is just there seems to be this um, thing. Yeah, no, no. There's definitely I really a am synergy. Articulate. I'll no, tell you no. something. <laughs> when so I really nail it when I. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that we okay audience gets your vibe. <laughs> If they're not doing too many breathing exercises, I think they get what you're saying. I think people generally, when they hear me, they can tell I'm uncomfortable with myself. <laughs> I'm not big on, I'm not, let's say, uh, sophisticated in the words category <laughs> yeah. or expressing myself. Um, what else? Oh, oh, I want to get just, I feel like the, the one more thing I wanted to just nail down is I'm trying to like picture your style because I feel like you've talked about Dylan and the Dead. Right. Like... What are if is there a like now when you jam with somebody are you you know or you the songs you're writing are they more sort of singer songwritery? They're more. Like, well, that's the other thing. That, Andy, what, is, what is Andrew Kindler when he's got the guitar? What is Andrew Kindler? Well, you know that's the, also a tough thing because I would always when especially during the recycler days you would you would go and you would uh, try to get together with people and see how you could jam together right and oh, that doesn't always go well like for example. Like I once jammed with Bre- like Brendan Small, I, I jammed mm-hmm. with, and we could not have opposite music. I have no idea what because he's, he's more metal. Yeah, I, it's like there's no there's no crossover. You know, there's like Mark Maron, I could I could jam with because he does. I don't really do the blues like that, but he does. You know, but there's so sometimes you can jam and sometimes you 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 there's no connection at all. Was that your question? It was well. I you've uh, oh oh like, I want to you. I don't care about anybody else. What kind? So talk about. I, I was very influenced first by Dylan and then by and, and the Beatles, but I also got into like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and all that kind of stuff. And then I got into Talking Heads like exclusively almost in the eighties. And uh, one time I was at the Greek Theater and I was uh, breathing again, and uh, <laughs> I, and I saw them. They were I, I was they were in the doors and I saw them, and I thought it'd be hilarious to yell out to David. It was like it was the, it was the whole band, right? And I yelled out. I, I yelled at them. I'm living in the future. I feel wonderful, <laughs> which is a line from David Burns' uh, Psycho Killer song. Right, and I think it's a hilarious line. But they just looked like uh, I hope you know they looked like what's they didn't get it. That's funny because talking, they all seem like they're so hilarious. Those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got to meet they Tina, seem like Tina great Weymouth and uh, Tina Weymouth and Jerry. I met them later on. Chris and were friends. they were they very nice? Very I'm sweet. sure they're very enjoyable, but they don't seem like they you know goof around a lot. I, I feel like they, the Talking Heads you know in session they weren't like let's you know let's, yeah let's just gag around. But David Byrne wrote what I thought was kind of funny, weird lyrics, and but then I was very influenced by Randy Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to me, he's the greatest at maybe the, uh, writing in his a voice that's not his voice. You know, like people don't like that Salaway album. The song's about slavery. You could listen to it eight times and not know. It's about slavery and the album Good Old Boys. He's like maybe the best at uh, – the greatest at writing in that tone where he's not him. But And it's also very funny. And I was also influenced by Zappa's lyrics. Sure. Short people, you know, that it just it, – it really hurt me in junior high. So I think, I think I put Randy Newman. Well, you know, but that's the type of stuff like as much as I think short people – is a hilarious song because as that middle part where it goes, short people are just the same as you and I. You know, right. it's like it's a really good uh, takeoff on brotherhood type songs. 
That's yeah. I guess I but look his, at that as like when Rickles at the end of his act is like, "But everyone's great. Good night." Like you know, right? But uh, no, no, no. He's saying like <laughs> that. He's portraying someone who hates people because they're short. Mm. I should listen to it. I've only listened to it a couple times because I was tortured. Right, but his earlier stuff like uh, Salloway, Good Old Boys, is the is the greatest uh, stuff in the world. And then I got into people like. Uh, Elvis Costello, but then I got into John Hyatt, and then the last ten years or fifteen years, I've gotten whatever you want to call it, like alternative country, Lucinda Williams mm-hmm. and Steve Earle, and I call friend. that y'all alternative, by the way. What's that? I call that y'all alternative. Y'all alternative. Yeah. Or no? Yeah, yeah, y'all alternative. Yeah. Did you you didn't patent that or no? And someone Cr- said that to me. And my friend Chris like Gaffney, him. who unfortunately passed away, but who's my favorite singer, songwriter, played accordion, just the greatest. So was an alt country. Yeah, it's that category, but that doesn't right. really a good name for it. You know, I'd love to hear you do it. I'd like to hear you sing. I'm gonna I, if I can inspire some confidence. If Viv Whale Cave can do anything, I'd like to hear you up there doing a, just a set of music. No comedy tonight, folks. Well, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm not being if funny I'm, tonight. I'm gonna. Right, that's right. Well, that's the thing too. I f- now feel that the separate the separation into the serious Andy from the comedic Andy is not was not a good idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, it's ridiculous. But could you marry the two? Could you ever see a scenario where, not that you would do funny songs, but could you ever do like, you know, you sing a song, you know, a couple gags. You do the same thing when you say sing a song, but you do it when you're saying you're typing the email. Yeah. Why do you, why, is this like your go-to? I'm playing a synthesizer. <laughs> no, no, I'm writing songs that I think, like that recycler song where I say no punks, yeah. no drunks. I am writing songs that I think are, uh, are, are fun, they are funny but they're in, like, for example, here's a perfect example of what I think. I love Jack Black, but I never got into Tenacious D that mm-hmm. much because I don't like that kind of the music that they're playing. Right. But Fly of the Concords, I loved because mm-hmm. I felt like I love the music that they're playing and yeah. uh, the song. So, the, so I think there is an area there that I could write stuff, but I wouldn't. I don't think the other thing to do is to go. I want to write a song that has, a, you know, comedic ingredients and also, <laughs> you know. Right. So I don't want to think about anything when I'm writing. The thing I do now is I just – the hardest thing about songwriting is I have terrible ADD. I, my mind goes blank. So the only way I can write is to record it into a recording device. And then the problem there is I have to listen back to make a song. And that takes you out of it. It's just that I'm busy all the time. And I'm not, I'm not busy like paying a mortgage or meeting my bill, you know. <laughs> it's not like I'm so busy because of all the wealth, <laughs> counting my money, but I, I don't have t- time. I feel sure. bad. Also, I live in an apartment. Do uh, you think people have shut this off by now? Me? Yeah, yeah. It's just, so just you and I right now. My voice sounds like I'm talking, like, uh, who cares? But uh, I would like a situation, <laughs> you know, because I do watercolors too, but I want a situation where I have a big enough place where I can, the guitar, I can pull it off the wall and start playing. Because now I got to get it out of the case. I got <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, be, it's, be, it's in a closet. Very laborious. Right. All right. Well, if you ever want to debut some songs, you've got a home right here to do it. I think that I would like my first musical CD to be on Well K Records. You know what? Let's just sign some paperwork at the break. Are you a division of AST? I could be. Let's ask Matt Belknap is nodding. I am officially now a division of AST. So let's do it. Let's put out Andrew Kindler. Or just, and no, you know, I want Andy Kindler. That's the artist. No, Andy Kindler. Are you not supposed to be here? <laughs> no, I'm here. You are? No, Matt was actually in the opening segment. Right, but now you're, you're on mic now. No, I'm on mic. All right. Yeah, you couldn't hear him say he's not on mic. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, 
you're going to edit most of the crap out, right? Yeah, this will be about a one minute segment. Yeah. Just go for the jokes. I'm just going to introduce you, and you're going to sing Karen, and then we're going to go to the, go to Dan. I wanted to be. Here's what I want out of a podcast. Yep. I want to get in there, and with zero to hilarious, then interesting, enlightening. Oh, I never knew that about Andy. Now I'm going to have to hear uh, when it comes out. Oh, yeah. Like I really want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> the names of Kindler's bands. I think people do want to hear that. They do want to hear it. Yeah. That goes under interesting and enlightening. But why do I constantly judging myself? You don't see, you seem very comfortable. I'm, oh man. I'm are you, so are, do you judge yourself? Constantly. You do? I, I'm, I've been judging myself in this podcast since we started. Like, you, like, yeah. you're, like if, I, if you were me and I was you, I'd mm-hmm. be sitting there going, am I listening to Andy? So that's why I can't host a podcast, because I have no ability to listen. It's, this, is, this whole podcast is kind of – it's sort of still new. It's like in its first year or so, mm-hmm. but it's helped me listen to people because I feel like when I'm out, <laughs> normally I'm not listening as well as I should. This has helped me – helped my listening skills quite a bit. Well, they always say that with acting. You know, you, a good actor listens. But what they don't say is, what if I'm playing a guy who doesn't listen? Right. Right? I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah, or you can't listen. You're, yeah. You're hearing I can't impaired. listen. Yeah. So then th- th- there's a whole bunch of roles. Anybody could do the thing where they listen. And, and you see them when they're acting, too. They go, yeah. mm, look at me. I'm taking it in. But in real life, you don't hear what people say. My In my acting, I'm... I'm really good at listening for the last word. Like, okay, what's the last word till my line? You are an excellent actor. No, I'm very. Like, uh, I'm not envious you. of your acting. Oh, I am envious <laughs> of any money that you've made that I could have made. Like, I think like that part I'm of the man of a certain of age. You don't think mm-hmm. at one point I went, well, I could not be the uh, salesman. But why would I want to take food out of your mouth? But you are an excellent actor, That's and you were great nice in that movie. And, and and I also Thank say you. in a movie you were great. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Now, why did you I want heard me that. to say? Why did you want me to say that at the end of the? Well, thank you for saying it. No, no, no. You asked me to say that at the end of the podcast. I I was hoping you wouldn't tell say that I asked you to say it. But not only that, right? Okay. Matt is also very nice when he's on the (laughs) set. I am nice. I eat trail mix. I'm very mellow. Trail mix. That was the name of my last band. (laughs) I I I played granola. Hey, when instead of a a mixtape, we'd have a trail (laughs) mixtape. Um, well, that's perfect. I can't. I'm not going to let you close the show. No, that's it. I'm going out on whale mix, uh, trail mix. Uh, <laughs> whale mix or whale Are mix? Are you closing with trail mix? See, I just I'm judging myself right now for messing that up. I love that we're both. But you see, one of us, if we were one of us, like Dane Cook, would be terrible. <laughs> we'd have a lot of half thoughts. No, but we'd be like one would be aggressive and the other one. But we're both the same way. And then Matt's sitting. Matt sits on the side with the headphones on and the thing on the chicken going. Hmm. Matt judges us both and looks at his texts. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me and um, and uh, things of uh, closing statements of that nature. <laughs> Andy Kindler. <laughs> that was just uh, it was a giggle fest. I knew I was telling Matt Belknap before he came in. I'm like, that's Andy Kindler just makes me giggle. And that's going to be me giggling. And I think it was. Um, again, he's going to be at the Moon Tower Festival in Austin, April 24th through, through 27th. So go see him there. And, um, he's on Bob's Burgers. That little, uh, that clip of a song that was, uh, song I was just playing was, uh, from Fits in the Tantrums called Out of My League. Uh, that's a new song that they're co- a new album coming out more than just a dream. So uh, coming out in mid-May. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> I'm still giggling. Here we go. Oh, okay. Next guest. Um, really excited he's here too. He did my show at UCB. Um, and he, he's, uh, he's like, a uh, an amazing, uh, world traveling. Uh, uh, he does many things, but what he did in the show was, uh, air guitar. He was featured in a, a documentary air guitar nation. He wrote a book called the air is human. He is the, um, he just told me he's the master of, uh, aramonies at the U S and world, uh, air guitar championships in Finland. Um, and he does, he also, I've seen him recently do stand up and he's in a, he's in a band and he does all kinds of stuff. Uh, I'm really glad he's here. Uh, Dan Crane, I also just crashed his birthday party. Oh yeah, uh, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm and still I, pissed off. I know. <laughs> you know, I was, I was hanging out with Jason Sklar, and he sure. said he was going. And yeah. so I apologize on air. I mean, like you could have just. I mean, how hard would it be for Jason just to text? Hey, is it cool? <laughs> I, I know it's he in did. a restaurant where they're checking. You know, there's the capacity was full. I'm really sorry. I, I actually kinda, had to leave. I had to leave my own birthday party. I know you left to, to go, go play, play a show. To go play a show. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, it's well, anyway, I'm glad we got over that so you could be here. Thank you. Um, it was a fun party, though. Thanks. There'll be one every year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll, crash, I'll crash every until year. Until I die. Never invite me, but I'll try and crash. Okay. Okay, so, so I met you uh, as um, you did, like I said, you did air guitar in my show. Yeah, I was Bjorn to Rock, I think, is my... That is my stage name. That's your air, yeah. Because yeah. everybody, air, every air guitarist, at yeah. least when I saw the documentary, and uh, they seem to have a cool persona. Yeah, you gotta uh, have. It's like your alter ego, the the rock star that you imagine right. that you would be if you had talent. Yeah, right. <laughs> or well, skills. Well, no, you have talent, but it's but, uh, right. Your, yeah. But specifically, music making talent. Yeah, just, it's your yeah, it's your emerging traffic. You know, Kidler had emerging <laughs> exactly. traffic. You are Bjorn to rock. Yeah. So okay, so you were saying. I know you have. Um, You've been all over the world yeah. um, doing this. How'd you get into it? Well, I uh, these, these two friends of mine uh, from New York, I used to live in New York, and uh, these two guys had heard, they read about the air guitar championships that happen in Finland every year, and it started in 1996, and this was 2002. And so they went, and one guy just entered kind of on a whim, and he, he came in fourth place. And uh, Wow. Yeah, and had never even really played air guitar before. This was in the early days when everybody kind of sucked. And um, <laughs> so then they came back and they decided that they needed to bring this to the United States. And so they told me about it and I was like, that sounds really stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> Sign me up. And uh, so I signed up. And then I came in second and it was this huge – like they didn't – I don't think they realized what a media orgy frenzy would – like Howard Stern talked about it on air and, and it was, CNN was there. And it was like there were more press – uh, people at this show that was actually in above a strip club. It was a bar above a strip club called the Pussycat Lounge uh, in New York, and um, and it was just insane. And then I came in, <clears throat> I came in second at that competition, mm. and then it ended up going on um, the Carson Daly show because they wanted the first place guy, but he was already going on Kimmel. So Carson Daly is like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right, I'll take the second place guy. Yeah, and. Uh, and then they flew me out here to L.A. to compete again. I came in second again. And then it sort of became this obsession of mine. And then I was in the – and then they were filming this whole time. And so the whole first year uh, that the U.S. participated became the documentary. And so I'm a big character in that. In Air Guitar Nation. Yeah. Do you have a song in particular that you do or is it – I know I saw some – I saw it so it – but you're not – you're playing like a minute, right? Yeah, you get one – you get 60 seconds and you could play a – you know, you could edit together a bunch of songs. And right. You can just take out the best bits of one song. Um, 
the best song that I ever did was uh, kind of an obscure tune called Set Me Free by the band Sweet. Okay. You'll probably know them from Fox on the Run or, or uh, Ballroom Blitz. Mm-hmm. Those were their big hits. But they had this crazy song with all these weird parts in it. And uh, that's in 2005, I used that in New York and I won in New York. And then I came in second for the fifth time uh, in the national championship. So I was kind of the – I always became the bride's – I was the bridesmaid of air guitar. Right, yeah. The Susan Lucci. You were the Susan <laughs> – Yeah. Who had a pretty good career. She did. So And so have I. Things could be worse. I know. Um, all right. And you were saying you had just a bunch of crazy – you know, you just I assume along the way the characters there are – Oh my god! Well, yeah. I mean, even from the get-go. I mean, I, I the, the the first time I went to Finland in 2003, I actually I raised money on the internet to support to kind of you know fund my trip out there because basically I didn't win the national championship, but if you if you can somehow get to this random weird town in northern Finland, which is not easy to get to, um, you can you can compete as a dark horse. And then if you qualify, then you'll get to the world championship. Oh, okay. So that's what I did. I kind of snuck in through a loophole. Like the play-in game yeah. in the tournament, sort of. Uh, that's a sports reference okay, I don't sorry, understand. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. What is this, Scarborough I know. country? I just went way off, rail, off wheel cape yeah. on that one. Um, sorry. And, uh, yeah, like I, I met the guy, the guitarist from, um, from Hanoi Rocks which is a Finnish metal band from the 80s. Uh, and I think their drummer died in a DUI accident in LA. Anyway. I'm sorry. They were out. I know it was terrible. But they were out there. And I've never, like, if you imagined a, you know, drugged out guitarist from the 80s who's still doing too many drugs and is like, it was that guy and he was hanging all over me and telling me, just wouldn't stop talking to me about how, how nice the Foo Fighters were. <laughs> You mean personally? Yeah, like, no. He just I guess he music, just met the oh, he just okay. met maybe Dave Grohl, and he just like staring into my eyes, and he's like, Dave Grohl's really nice guy. <laughs> Thank you. And it was like drool hanging out. Anyway, so that was like that was kind of my introduction to the world of air guitar. But so I've seen a lot of crazy shit. I think throughout the years, um, I've seen a lot of injuries. People often ask, "Are there you know can you get injured playing air guitar?" and and the answer is yes. Like I, in uh, in Minneapolis, we had a guy who's I think he was pretty drunk, and um, he jumped off just the drum riser, which is not not very high. It was like a, maybe a foot and a half drum right. riser, right? But he leapt into the air and then he landed badly and fell on the floor. And um, and I thought that was part of the act. Was like he was writhing in in, in pain on the floor. And I was like, wow, this guy's really he's really good at. <laughs> pretending to be in pain and he's like stop the song stop the song and uh and oh and his stage name was prosthetic illusion so i thought like oh prosthetic illusion he's having some kind of injury he's gonna rise up at the end never did people had to pick him up and take him they called the hot and he broke both of his legs (gasps) both of his legs which is not easy to do and uh man yeah we called him up in the hospital he was he was he was really pissed off. But we have a very rock-solid uh, release form, <laughs> thankfully, so he could not sue us. Yeah. Uh, then we had um, – there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of whiplash from people headbanging, you know, and, and don't – they're not they – Right, because guys – it seems to be a go-to move. Sure. Is guys with really long hair, wet hair. Yeah. I, I, I'm, some guys have seen really wet hair. I actually, then, I, I, I actually wet my hair once before going on stage, so I looked like I was really had been playing. For exactly. Hours, yeah. yeah, and then they're he- they're you know yeah, swirling it around. Yeah. But yeah, I assume that takes yeah. a toll. Sure. I mean, usually you'll just it's get a, a dangerous sport. Air guitar. Usually you'll just get a bang over. Um, 
which is what you get the next morning. But there have been uh, a few actual cases of whiplash. Um, and then... Uh, is that your word, by the way? Bang, bang over? It's not. I'm going to credit that to Hotlix Houlihan, one of the other air guitarists. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 2008 world champion, if you guys... I'm sure you all know. About that. Um, my ex-wife... Uh, jumped off the stage i she it was her first competition in colorado and she uh she jumped off the stage which is exactly what i told her not to do it was the only thing she's like what do i do because she made it in the second round and uh that's kind of the free form of air guitar where we play a song and they don't know what it's going to be um and she's like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and i was like well have a good time whatever you do don't jump off the stage middle of the song she jumps off the stage mm. breaks her ankle mm has to get taken to the hospital by one of the judges who is the drummer from the descendants punk band uh, mm-hmm. you know the descendants mm-hmm. and um the whole time in the back she's complaining about our compulsory song the surprise song that we spring on them she's like what was that terrible song you know it was the worst song i've ever heard and of course it was a descendants <laughs> song uh, played by the guy who yeah. uh, took her to the hospital um <laughs> but the worst uh, the worst air guitar injury is uh this woman betty b good uh in brooklyn was air guitaring barefoot, which is a huge mistake, first of all, because it just looks stupid. And, um, <laughs> and le- you know, unless you're playing like Four Non Blondes or something is your song. Huh? Um, and, uh, and she, in the middle of the song, decides to kind of run up the stairs towards the balcony where all the judges often sit in the balcony. So she's going to go run up and just like jam in their laps. And on her way, she hits her foot on a metal chair uh. and slices off uh. one of her toes. No. Yeah. But she gets, well, it's kind of, she gets to the top, she gets to the balcony where the judges are and, uh, she puts her foot down. Like she's like, you know, on the monitor and the judge looks down and it's the, uh, Gavin from vice magazine, his a repulsive human being. And, um, <laughs> he looks, he looks down and takes a picture of it and her toe is just kind of hanging off. Uh, um, and they couldn't save it. She's now the nine toed air guitarist. They couldn't save the toe. They couldn't save the toe, but she did win. She so won. She won. Yeah. They kind of gave it to her. So. Oh, yeah. It's man. pretty tragic. So but that wasn't part of her act. That was not intentional. <laughs> no, <laughs> That would be pretty oh, cool if it was. Man. I've also seen a guy, this homeless guy in Portland, um, just came in off the street, saw there was an air guitar competition going on, <laughs> only had one arm. Hmm? He had one arm. He's he a one-armed, I, th- I think he was a vet maybe, and uh, not veterinarian, but, you know, sure. Vietnam vet or whatever, and uh, had like his left arm just had this kind of shriveled stump that ended sort of between the elbow and the shoulder. And um, he was high out of his mind and um, went up and uh, and just got up on stage. And, you know, the whole thing with air guitar is, you're, you know, you're playing with your hands, but he yeah. didn't have the left hand. But so I was like, well, what song do you want to play? Because I didn't know you were going to play. And he's, and he's like, he's like Aids of Spades, Aids of Spades, Motorhead. And uh, he gets up and just fucking kills Ace of Spades. And it's to, to actually... You know, rock that song on air guitar is is very challenging because you know it's fast, a lot of notes. But to do it with no arm, yeah, it's, seems it's a whole impossible. New, it's a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. I hope he took that one. Uh, he did not win. Oh no, <laughs> I know it's tragic. Oh come well, on, you know here's the thing. Uh, he, so he did make it in the second round, but I would uh, hope so. he kind of he kind of died in the second round. He ran out of he ran out of air, yeah he ran out of juice. Well, yeah. the one arm thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah. it, it just real quick because I don't 
remember exactly. It, it's a ju- it's purely a subjective. I mean, the ju- there's there there's a panel of judges. Yeah, and, there's a panel. We have three judges. Right. Uh, usually, comedians or people from the music world. Right. Um, we've had uh, we had Brett from Flight of the Concords here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Andy was a, was a fan of, I guess. Um, we've had uh, we've had Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. He's in the documentary. Uh, a lot of great comedians. Um, but yeah, they're looking for. I mean, the thing is, is it's I, I when I go out on you know and introduce the show, I generally suggest that that people not be sober for what they're about to see because it's it just will look sort of dumb. Uh, <laughs> but but as the judges drink more and the audience drinks more, uh, you know, it becomes fascinating. So you want to go towards the end? If you're you want to go late? Yes, going first. That was actually what happened to me the two times I competed in Finland. I drew the word. I drew number one, so I had to go first. And there's just only so well that you can do, right? Uh, if you're going first, yeah, because nobody's lubed, you know. Yeah, nobody's lubed yet. You want to close? You want to or be close, or just be somewhere in the like the last ten or something. I feel you like know? you want to go third or second to last. Yeah, That's there's a whole a science. To, yeah, we've done the stats on it. I can't remember what the uh, what the peak. We actually should do that. I don't know that we can. Anyway. Uh, but but you like so we do have a rubric which has been passed down from the the uh, the I guess the high commission in Finland, which is they're looking you know the judges are looking for um, technical ability, which doesn't mean that you're playing a guitar correctly. It means you're just what you're doing with your hands kind of vaguely resembles what a guitarist might actually do. Right, but, you know, you can take liberties. It's, it's just we don't want you just flopping around. No, yeah. Uh, and then there's two. There's um, there's stage presence, charisma, how much you know, audience participation, kind of facial expressions, that whole thing, kind of your rock persona. Mm-hmm. And then the third criteria is, of course, airness, which is uh, like Stumpy had a lot of airness because like it was there was sure. nothing there. It was kind of this. It's the ineffable quality of an air guitarist when you. Uh, um, you basically transcend the imitation of guitar playing and it becomes an art form in and right. of itself. Right. It's pretty rare. It almost seems that his arm magically appeared. Yeah, exactly. It's as if you could see right. the arms that were yeah. there. Yeah. But you you didn't need to. You could see the arm magically appear to not really play guitar. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then you're judged on a 4.0 to 6.0 Olympic figure skating scale, of course. And they throw out the top and bottom. Uh, so in Finland, just, they do. In Finland, so they just do. One, we can never find five judges. It's far enough to find three yeah. people to do this. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, in Finland, they have five judges. They throw out the top and bottom scores. Now, you were saying also before, other than injuries, there was a particularly crazy story. Yeah. Well, so after I retired uh, in '05, mm-hmm. um, very short career, by the way. Yeah, three. Well, it's a young man's game, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, that's what I think is fascinating too. Like you sort of did it on a lark. It sounds like in yeah. 2003. Yeah. And so you had this meteoric rise to fame, yeah. And then you're like, I'm done. Two years later, well, I, you know, I came in. Yeah, I mean, you're still in the game. Sure, I'm still in the game. You can't quit the game. The but it's very. I know. I know. It sounds stupid, and it I is. don't think so. No, I, I mean, it's, I watch a lot of it in, in preparation because I like to be prepared. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I think the whole thing is is really cool. Yeah. Like the no, scene. Is, the scene. The scene I mean, is amazing. Yeah. Um. But it, it's a very high pressure. Like when I was competing, I would I would obsess for months 
uh, over what song I was going to do, what was my costume, my whole like my when I finally won New York in 2005, I had someone make me this uh, spandex unitard, and I had these armbands into which uh, she had made these little zippered pockets. I put dry ice in the pockets, wet them right before going on stage, and then came out on stage, and my arms were smoking. <laughs> it was it was colossal. Whoa. It was amazing. Yeah. And yet I did not become a national champion. I was robbed, obviously. Well, you became but, a champion in a very big, big city. New York, sure. Yeah. A, a hotbed of air guitar. Was yeah. it state champion or city champion? Well, New York City, but it's but it represent in, the, represent kind of the tri-state area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like to say. But so, yeah, so I, I, you know, I came in second place five times. I'd been to Finland twice. I, you know, was in the documentary. It was about to come out. I, I, I think it was, it was like the way for me to end the book. I needed an ending for my book. Uh, and I was like, all right, that's, you know, I think this is it. And uh, I, I could just keep going. But then uh, I started hosting and, be, you know, being the master of ceremonies in uh, 2000, <laughs> 2006. And I really... I just enjoyed that so much more because it was less pressure and it was, but I was still part of the world and I really enjoyed it. But then I also started hosting these nights called Arioki, um, <laughs> which is basically kind of what it sounds like. Uh, instead of karaoke where you sing uh, and, you know, usually ruin a song, sure. we would actually just have the actual song, which is much better to listen to. And then people would just go up and play air guitar tour. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was no rules. You could, you could have an air band. You mm-hmm. could kind of, you know, do whatever. And uh, there were really crazy nights because um, uh, people would just get really hammered and go insane. And we did this one night at a place called Parlor uh, a Parlor Club, I guess, that used to be on Santa Monica in West Hollywood. And, um, and Don Bowles from The Germs, which is this, you know, huge punk, punk kind of legendary L.A. punk band. Uh, it was his night, and we somehow convinced him that Arioki was a cool thing. And he was on board. And so, you know, people are getting up, and you basically just, you know, it's like karaoke. You sign up. I see the song, and then they play it. And I'll, I'll give them like a minute and a half, usually get them through the solo, and then I'll cut them off. So this guy comes up, and uh, I'd never met him before. Random guy. I look at a song. It's it's I don't care by Black Flag. Cool, you know, cool punk song. Mm-hmm. It's about a minute and a half long, and he's holding a pizza box, and, uh, and I'm like, all right, I don't know what he's gonna do with the pizza box. So he, he he puts the pizza box on the floor. He opens it up, and then starts the song, and uh, or you know points to the sky. That's the that's the indication to start the song. Song starts. He's rocking out. He's like. You know, beating himself against the walls, like it's as if he's in the a mosh pit, but you know the other moshes are invisible. And um, and then about halfway through the song, he turns around uh, and drops his pants and squats over the <laughs> over the pizza box, <laughs> and then just lets loose this oh. just kind of vile oh. stream <laughs> of liquid oh. shit oh, into wow. the pizza box. And everybody's just totally freaking out. And uh, oh. <laughs> sorry, both mats are just oh, wow. covering their faces. Oh. Um, I hope you're not eating right now. Anyway, but then, in a very classy way, uh, <laughs> finishes the song after he's done shitting. <laughs> finishes the song, closes the pizza box, and takes it out and and walks out of the club. That is classy. And I was like, and then I got up on stage. And I was like, how do you follow that shit? You know. That's all I could say. Yeah, literally. How literally, do how shit? do you follow that shit? <laughs> I think that's where that phrase started. I think it's, yeah. See, what how do you follow phrase? that shit? Yeah. Wow. Who yeah. is that again? He was... And we don't know. I never found out who he was. The oh. phantom shitter. I mean, okay. if, you're, if you're listening out there, Mr. 
poop in a box. Um, yeah, email uh, Matt at whalecave dot com, and we'll pass the info along to Dan. Yeah, and then we'll um, have you arrested. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations might be out on that. Wow. Yeah. Did, someone uh, a few but that was a contest, so he doesn't win. He wins nothing. I mean, he. Uh, he won. He the, won the applause of yeah. kind of um, he won people the, talked about it for years. Yeah. A friend of mine, the years legendary later, contest for my won. birthday, gave me a pizza box and I opened it up and there was like a, <laughs> you know, a, a plastic Pleasure. plastic duty in there. Plastic duty, yeah. I did not crash that birthday. That was yeah. No, well, that was the only one I didn't crash. Oh man. Yeah. Totally insane. That mm. is crazy. And I feel like every year. I mean, it's and then Kindler went up and uh, sang a song after that. I would love that. Yeah, he's Actually, like, we should get Kindler to judge. I think he'd be a good. He would be. A he'd great be a great judge because yeah. he plays guitar. Uh-huh. And he would know, so he would he would recognize the. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, you know a lot of times people yeah. judges well they get really hammered and then they don't know anything about music or they're just uh, yeah I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him I think next oh, year oh man I think it'll be good so if you're coming next year we usually do it at the Troubadour in L A we do. We usually do about 16 to 20 cities around the U.S. Right. Are, they, are they coming up at all? They'll be in June, usually June or okay. July. And, uh, here in L.A.? Here in L.A., we do the, uh, probably the Troubadour, New York with the Bowery Ballroom, Chicago mm. with the Metro. So I don't know where listeners congregate. You know. I know where all three of those places are. Okay. I've yeah. lived in all three cities. Yeah. How about that? Nice. Which, and, and, and now I'm going to take a LA. shit on the floor. <laughs> He's now Which is how I feel like I have to end the podcast. Like I have to just somehow find a box here. Yeah. <laughs> and just take a shit. Uh, there's, oh, there's, there's a Pardo cereal Ikea. box. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. Would, would Jimmy <laughs> be mad <laughs> if I took a shit in that box? <laughs> it'd be kind of amazing if you did that. And then it'd be like that high school prank where you put a fish in someone's locker. Or <laughs> yeah. didn't they do but that? much more vile. Yeah, or no, they would do, they'd take like a fish and put them in like the acoustic ceiling tiles so that nobody would know where the f- smell was coming from. Wow. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, not to belabor this point, because <laughs> why would you? But I'm just trying to think, like, so he walks in and he's like, this is what I'm doing. Well, I think, I think. Because he has my, the pizza box. Here's my theory, and this has been talked about, you know, for hours at length by, you know, people that were doing deep sure. breathing uh, in the air guitar community. Right, they were doing like, breathing What exercises. was that? So. I think so. The Germs were, um, you know, they were uh, a famous punk band, right. and then and 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 Gigi Allen, I believe, at one point on stage did poop on stage. Oh yeah, and so yeah. I okay. think it was like a tribute to Gigi Allen, Allen and Gigi Allen shit. Yeah, okay, and okay. Uh, and uh, that's the only way in which that makes sense. So, and but he would have had to like you can't. It's pretty hard to to poop poop on demand on demand yeah. in the middle of an minute and a half song. Uh, he, I feel like he must have done some, animal, you know, eating like and an it's extra, a black like, flag song. or something. Yeah, so it's black. a fast song. Yeah, he's not singing. He's not, it's not like you know, like a sign. No, it's not like anticipation. Song. It would be a great. Yeah, and like that, yeah. I could see the poop kind of yeah, slowly. Like a, a little Carly Simon. Yeah, like that ketchup commercial. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they, they used. Wow. They used that song. They used anticipation in a ketchup commercial. Uh, no, and yeah, you don't I, remember I, that? I, I do, but. I was <laughs> sorry. I know. <laughs> Set off some bad mental images. Wow. I don't know where to go from here. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, but you now are also in a band. What kind of what? What is your band? And the the band is called Nu Non Plus, which is it's French. So sure. It's like Nus Non Plus is how it. If an American would be saying it, <laughs> right? Of U.S. Non Plus, and uh, we are a fake French rock band. We all have uh, faux. French personas. I'm Jean-Luc Retard in the band. My, that's my stage name. 
So you do nothing real. Nothing, yes. Musically. I actually do. I have a real band called The Quick Hellos, but, you know, nobody, it's, like, the thing is, like, the, I feel like the dumber and weirder and the less me that I am, the more successful that I've been. It's just, uh, we're talking to Kindler about confidence, and sometimes it's, you can be more confident in character. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Bjorn Turok is very confident. Uh, yeah. Dan Crane, eh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I get old. So as was New Nom. New Nom Plu, yeah. So we've uh, we've been around for like 10 years. We used to be a band called Les Sans Culottes, and then we kicked out our, our singer, and then he sued us in federal court. Oh, wow. Um, it's, that's a whole other story. Uh, but uh, so he had he ended up keeping the name, um, and we bec- we splintered off, and now there are two fake French bands. We're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> two dueling fake French bands? Two dueling bands? fake French bands. Uh, Les Sans Culottes uh, still exists in New York, and we, New Nom Plu, exists but we all live all over the place. But uh, a few years ago, uh, our, our guitarist is like a wine snob. He's like that. He's like the sideways guy, but worse. And um, <laughs> he's uh, he's really into wine. He sells wine, and and he he met this guy from Slovenia who is a, a like Slovenia's most famous winemaker. Okay, and his name is Ale- his name is Alish, and um, and and by chance we had just had our music placed in a Slovenian cell phone commercial. Uh, a, a song about um, <laughs> about uh, going down on a woman called Lawnmower Boy, but I don't think it translated to Slovenia, so it's fine. And because um, it was in French, which I don't speak. Anyway, so uh, we – this guy's like, oh, uh, this cell phone maker is my friend. I bring you to Slovenia. You come and play my vineyard. And we're like, okay, sure. And then weeks later, we're on a plane. We go to Slovenia. To play at this weird Slovenian uh, winemaker's vineyard, and um, and it's a it's a long crazy story, but it's, so basically he's having this big dinner party for all these important wine people he's trying to impress, and um, and uh, and we were all jet lagged, so I took a nap. I wake up and and he comes in. And he's like, "Hey, good, uh, so good to meet you. Uh, what drugs you want? What drugs you want for party?" And I'm like, I just, "Whatever drugs are fine. You, you get the drugs and whatever." And uh, <laughs> And, uh, because so I don't know, like, what are you going to say? Like, uh, you know, any drug? I don't know. So, and, uh, and, and so we, we go to this dinner and it's this formal dinner and it starts at, you know, 9 p.m. We play a little set. We play a few songs and then, and we're sitting down. Oh, I did. So the craziest thing is when first when we get there, just to set the scene of how crazy this guy is, we get there, we meet him. He's very, he's like, please, and he looks like a zombie and he's totally exhausted and he's drinking espresso and he's, he's like, I, I sorry for being late. I, I have uh, bed, had a hangover last night. Make crazy party at uh, at uh, here last night. Uh, we have these long tables. I make long tables. We have wine tasting, right? Long tables and and everybody sit. But under table is beautiful women's, and the beautiful women's are sitting under the table. But the the guests do not know the beautiful women's are at table. So uh, midway after they taste the wine, the women's go to the men under the table and unzip the pants and as they drink the wine they are getting the pleasure under the table (laughs) and we're like wow okay so this is what we're and we're gonna stay with this guy for a week (laughs) and so uh so then we go to this party we're playing at this party and we're thinking like there's gonna be girls so i'm looking under the table for the for the beautiful (laughs) women's no beautiful women's under the table but uh but we're, we're we play a set. Then he brings us downstairs to do some to to inhale some, uh, uh, some Slovenian whatever some Slovenian. Been, yeah. um, what what was Kindler's phrase for? 
air. Yeah, you did some breathing exercises. Breathing, we did some yeah. Slovenian powdered breathing exercises, and uh, and then we go back upstairs, and and he says, okay, uh, when the when this friend of mine comes in, we must all clap. Uh, he's a very important man. He's a, a Slovenian minister of agriculture. He brings the weed. <laughs> So, of course, uh, the Minister of Agriculture is bringing the weed. Sure. So then we're sitting, you know, we play another set. Everybody's having a good time. And uh, there's, you know, there's like soup and there's, there's, there's a whole meat <laughs> course and there's like every course. That is not what they're going to say in the middle of the story. Yeah. Like there's, there's soup. soup. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, there's drugs and blowjobs. There's drugs, exactly. Soup. And, uh, <laughs> and, and somewhere in the middle, kind of after the second set and, and, and everybody's drinking, he comes over to our table and he's like, everybody's having good time. We're like, yeah, yeah, it's great. This is really nice. He's like, but everybody feels good. Yes? And we're like, yeah, just fantastic. Wonderful party. He's like, well, I put a little cocaine in the soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked, I guess. Everybody was having a great, grand old time. Wow. And yeah. the rest of the week was fun? The rest of the week was insane. We just, because he would, you know, he's, he owns the vineyard, so he wouldn't, he, ha- he makes this stuff called Puro. Which, if you can ever find it uh, in a restaurant or at a, at a liquor, like a fancy wine store, it's amazing. It's this uh, you get the uh, puro rosé, and it's this sparkling rosé, and it's got it's it's a long boring wine story. But basically, there's sediment in the bottom. It's it's fermented in the bottle. Okay, cool. so there's sediment in the in the bottom of the bottle. So the only way you can get rid of the sediment is that they store the bottles upside down. So all the sediment settles to the top. You put the bottle. Still upside down in a bowl of water, and then you open it, and the cork shoots out, shoots out the sediment, and then you lift it up quickly, and then and then it, the, like the water anyway. Wow. And, and it's this, cr- and that's all we drank. And I never had hang- hangovers, uh, and I felt the best I've ever felt in my life. And I think there's, there, I mean, either there was cocaine in the puro, or. I, he's just a he's a magic man. I yeah, I was gonna say he's like, there's no cocaine in the puro. A little acid. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> ah, little MDMA. Ah, Slovenian guy. Yeah. Dan. My crazy rock story. Uh, thank you so much. My pleasure. For sharing those those tales. What's the name of the, in the band? Can you buy the band anywhere? You can, can buy you? the band. We have a new album all out called Le Sexe et le Politique. Le Sexe et le Politique. Yeah, it's on the iTunes. And, and new... The, uh, new non plus. New non plus. Uh, great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And your tales of rock and roll. Anytime. Both uh, uh, fake and otherwise. Well, that's it, folks. That's a that's an episode of Whale Cave, if I've ever seen one. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I want to thank Andy Kindler, Dan Crane, Matt Belknap, and his pop expertise. This song is called Picking Up the Pieces by Fitz and the Tantrums. They're very enjoyable. Uh, this has been enjoyable. I've had a great time. Hope you liked it. Uh, take it easy. Nice.